0: This episode contains descriptions of events that some listeners may find distressing. Well, I want you to paint a bit of a picture for me. Tell me what your life was like. Were you a regular
1: at Valley Parade? Was football important to you? I'd started being a regular, but I, I was suffering with rheumatoid arthritis. This is Matthew Wildman. It was June, Venile, and it was accelerating through my body. So at the time, I had it occurring in all my joints fingers, arms, back, legs neck and, and so on and it was getting really really difficult to go out and going to football with my friends was even more important because you know I was getting to the point where I was able to go out less.
0: Tell me about the build-up to that particular match I don't know what, how much you can even remember but did it feel special was there excitement tell me about that day.
1: It, it, it was very special this is one thing about supporting a team in the lower leagues You ride with the ups and downs, and general day-to-day, they just struggle to get by. And then every so often, you get a team of players that come together that just click, and they were magical. It was just one of those glorious days where the sunshine and the weather seemed to reflect the way everybody was feeling. You just wanted to be there. You know what came next, but when it started, the fire was seen as more of an annoyance than a threat when you look back or you look at the the footage of the day, everything happened in six minutes, so there's not a lot of time involved. But you've still got these initial thoughts of, you know, whatever's going on here, this is interfering with this this wonderful game and the the great time we're having and, you know, you've got you've got the the both sides of things that you don't want anything that's going on to interfere with that. So you don't want to move from your seat until you really have to. Just behind me, because I was on the, the end seat and just next to the back corridor, is the, the, the small corridor along the back of the stand where all the turnstiles were. People were going into there to quite rightly move to safety. And of course, everyone now knows that the turnstiles were locked and, and this was a bad move. It quite soon became uh, a black corridor because the smoke was bellowing into that corridor and people weren't able to move. I'm i am only sure I'm five foot tall. There were a lot of large gentlemen around me and I was squeezed between these people to the point where, like a pea in a pod, I was squeezed down to the ground uh, because there was no room to move. There was real panic, in, panic setting in because the people in this corridor with the black smoke were starting to choke. But it was lucky for me that I'd been pushed down onto the ground because that was the one place where I could breathe. As they choked and it started to get to them, they started to collapse on top of me. I mean, it's frightening, as I'm, you know, explaining it to you here, but I'm coping in the moment, so I'm I'm not realising how serious this is, apart from I've got this problem in getting my crutches, I've got this problem in breathing, I've got this problem of being put on the floor, and what am I going to do next?
0: He was in real trouble.
1: If he was going to live, he had to move. But I was lucky in the fact that there was a gentleman running through the corridor, a great big burly gentleman who could push people aside, desperate to find his his missing son, who was falling over these people and tripping over me and realised that I had a problem and spared enough time, thankfully, to open up a space and pull me up to my feet and tell me, you know... Get out of here. You know, I'm looking for my son, but you need to get yourself back to safety. I reached for my crutches. He told me, get rid of those. I did what I was told and ran down the stand as best I could. And that's when I got to the first wall. He was out of the stand, but not out of danger. The fire was catching up. The skin on the backs of my hands were actually melting. They were hanging off my hands like cheese coming off a pizza, basically. It's a horrible way to describe it, but that's exactly what, what my hands were looking like. I can hardly walk. I can see what's happening to my hands. I thought, this, you know, this was it. So I had no option but to throw myself over the wall and hope for the best. And I shouted out and I threw myself over the wall And this is the amazing thing about the person who then came along next, David Hustler. He had rescued several people from the stand and he was out. He's done his duty, if that's what you could call it. He heard me and he couldn't let it go. He couldn't stand by and know that he hadn't done anything to help. So he threw himself over the outer paddock wall and into that paddock. And he ran across to the wall and he caught me before I hit the ground. It was just incredible.
0: Matthew's story involves
1: heroics and bravery. There's always that reserved nature that we, we seem to, to grow up with, where we we justify what level of which we can give ourselves to others in, in, in helping. But when a situation comes where you've no time to think, where you either act or don't act... I was the last person to leave the stand alive. I should have been number 57, and thankfully I wasn't.
0: Something as terrible as the fire will bring out the best in people. Not just the emergency services, but the fans too. Many did everything they could to help. For men like Matthew, it worked. For 56 others, it didn't. Amongst all the celebrated legends that are remembered after the fire, there are ugly stories too. Ones that raise questions about the darkness of human nature. Questions I'm going to try to answer.
2: People are spilling under the pit. We can see the flames going
1: up into the air there. Police said tonight that after a painstaking search of the main stand by forensic scientists, they hadn't yet discovered the cause of the fire. But they've still not ruled out arson. Take their time. Don't rush. Don't push. Wait for the kiddies. We're taking a break. We're getting out of it.
0: From What's The Story Sounds, this is 900 Degrees. I'm Mabina R Chapter 6. A sinister theory. I just remember the smell. smell.
2: If you want to keep listening to this episode, sign up to Crime Corner. It's the only place where you can hear the full story of our investigation into the Bradford City Stadium tragedy. Crime Corner is your home of brilliant true crime content, all produced by What's the Story Sounds. There you'll find shows like Smoking Gun, which reveal the forensic science used to catch a killer. You can hear all episodes of The Missing, where listeners are invited to help find the clues that could solve long-term disappearances. And you'll find documentary series like 900 Degrees, too you can sign up to Crime Corner in just a couple of clicks. Search for the Crime Corner channel on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on Spotify or anywhere else, visit the link in our show notes.